Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished woman leader from India, Swati Bhattacharya. Swati, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Honored to be on it. Thank you. Swati, in her current avatar, is a storyteller and a marketing communications strategy professional. She's worked earlier for Agilent Technologies, Ingersoll Rand, General Motors, the CK Birla Group, and the Bajaj Group. Swati is passionate about CSR. She is the Honorary Regional Director and CSR and Sustainability Institute. Um, she's the Honorary Regional Director of the C- and CSR of the Sustainability Institute, CSI. She's the founding member of the Global Women in PR in India, and she's a director of the GP Green Energy Systems Private Limited. Wow, you had quite a very, very impressive career. So Swati, let's first talk about marketing communications. Uh, Let's start with saying, what are some of the most common mistakes or errors companies make in marketing communication, and how can these Mm -hmm. be corrected? Um, So uh, firstly, thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, Now talking about marketing communication, something that um, I have seen in my experiences, very often there will be many companies that want to communicate about a value or about something that they don't really live in the organization that leaders and employees don't really identify with and they don't really understand it. Uh, And that I've seen invariably fails because Mm -hmm. people can see through it. People can see that you don't really mean what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, that has a worse impact on your reputation than if you were not to communicate about it at all. Mm. Uh, so a uh, very basic thing, I think we should make sure that you're only communicating about values that your organization lives, that mm. your organization stands for. So that is the first thing. Um, and then I think while running a marketing communications campaign, uh, two or three things that I think have kind of uh, stood out to me uh, well, while I've been doing it is, um, you know, uh, we usually try to make the communication very generic mm-hmm. because we want to reach more people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we think that, uh, okay, let me make it a little generic so it mm-hmm. makes sense to a lot of people. Sure. Uh, what I have found is, um, you know, if your communication is not targeted and personalized, it does not have the impact that you want it mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so less is more, actually. And, um, you know, make sure that you are talking to the person or the audience that you have in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Um, then I think, again, uh, uh, I would say quality over quantity again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't send out a lot of communication on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, send out uh, very targeted, very important communication that uh, is important to your audience. Um, And the third thing I think, you know, what companies often do is they talk about, um, they talk about themselves. Mm. We are number one, we do this for you. What, what I think is more successful is if you did some research and figured out what your pain point, the, what your customers or your stakeholders pain points are, and talk about how you make life easy for them, Mm. how you solve their problems. I think that is more impactful than uh, talking about what you are, you know. So Mm. I would think, say, from my experience, these three, four things have stood out over the years that I make sure we take care of now. Fascinating, fascinating. And, you know, as a Marcom professional, 
you know, most marcom professionals work to mitigate the reputation and business loss of corporates. Mm-hmm. What determines that a company or its management is in crisis? Uh, I would say that uh, any company which is which either has or mm-hmm. has been perceived uh, to have wronged, uh, you know, whether it's customers, its employees, the government, or any other key stakeholder, mm-hmm. uh, is in crisis. Uh, any uh, any event that has really, uh, you know, not done well for your reputation that has kind of um, put you into a crisis in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a crisis. It could be anything. It could be. Uh, misconduct, management misconduct, it could be mm. leadership misconduct. But if you're perceived to be doing the wrong thing, mm. um, whether you're actually doing it or not, that is a crisis. Amazing. Um, Amazing. And uh, for our young <laughs> viewers and listeners, can you share uh, any examples or anecdotes with no names, of course? Sure. So uh, many, many years ago, I used to work for a, a fast food brand mm-hmm. and they were hit by the crisis of uh, beef tallow being found in their french fries wow. in the US mm. and they were being served up as vegetarian fare. Mm. So when this uh, news hit, it became a very big deal globally. Mm. And of course, in India, you can imagine how sensitive Correct. people are. Correct. So uh, it became, I mean, people started coming to restaurants, they started breaking restaurants, mm. they started beating up the people in the restaurants. So it became a really huge crisis, not mm. only just from the business point of view, but from the safety of the employee's point of view. Mm. Um, however, it was not true in India. In India, actually, they had separate vegetarian, non-vegetarian counters. True. They had separate people working in these counters because they knew how sensitive India is about things like vegetarian, non-vegetarian. Mm. And, mm. You know, it is a religious issue more than anything. So it was then up to us to um, really communicate in a convincing way to mm. kind of convince these people that this was not right. Mm. Uh, so firstly, of course, first thing to do is talk to the media, tell them your point of view, tell them your part of the story, because they have to be on your side, they have to understand and listen. So uh, we brought the media to the restaurants, we took them into the kitchens, we showed them how mm-hmm. we did things. Uh, we took them on a familiarization trip to our suppliers factories to the farms. So showed them the whole chain and you know, showed them how we treat vegetarian food. <clears throat> did that. Uh, secondly, we told a government lab that please come pick up fries from any restaurant of your choice at random mm-hmm. in any part of the country and test them in your lab. Mm-hmm. So they did that. And of course, uh, they did not find any beef in the product. So then we really used that to really drive awareness about that. We advertised, uh, we did a lot of PR, we sent it to customers. Uh, we even in the restaurants, we made a big deal about that. Um, the other thing was opening the kitchens to the customers also to say, come and see how we, you know, treat your food in the kitchens, come and see how we cook it. Um, so did that, um, that was very successful because, you know, you believe what you see. So as the customers walked into the kitchen, they saw how things were being uh, prepared. They saw how everything was being done. That helped. Um, and then this was a multi-pronged approach because we also then started Uh, talking to doctors, lawyers, like key professionals, people who have some impact in the society. Mm. We started inviting them to the restaurant Mm. and uh, we said, come with your families, look at how we do things, have a meal with us. And, you know, 
more and more as we started doing this word of mouth is very important you know pr and advertising is something but word of mouth if your doctor tells you that you know i did go to mcdonald's and it's fine so mm. you will believe it much more so we continued this campaign for years actually even after the campaign uh, even after the crisis had passed but uh, once we'd done this the crisis i think um petered out very quickly in india compared mm. to the other countries and i think in a matter of a couple of months we were back to doing uh, business as normal yes. so uh, that was a very interesting experience of crisis that i could talk about fascinating and i think most of our viewers and listeners will probably be able to relate with which organization this happened in but, uh, yes uh, but uh, moving on <laughs> you know uh, when i was in the corporate world one of the things that we used to be told is that and in those days there used to be press releases and yes. press conferences and i'm talking of you know the, the the 90s the 80s and the 90s one of the things that we used to be taught was uh, that you release good news on a monday and bad news on a friday yeah but i'd like to get your perspective that in the world of social media where everything moves at lightning speed how do organizations manage uh, marketing communications so yes we've lived with that uh, with that thing for a very long time especially if it's business news because you know uh, the business community is more receptive to business news on a weekend on a weekday yeah. rather than a weekend and weekend was a time for features and softer stories and all of that mm. so we've lived with that for a long time we've always tried that if there is a business story it should not hit on a friday or a saturday or a sunday right. it should correct so yes but completely that's what i was also going to tell you that um things have completely changed now and if it's bad news it doesn't matter whether what time of the day or night or which day it is um you know it is immediately going to blow up and uh, you have to have your crisis plan in place no matter what time or day it is so uh, those rules don't apply anymore as far as pr is concerned or newspapers are concerned i know pr teams still try to do that because uh, you know good night good news does not blow up as much as bad news does cool. so cool. Uh, when you're sending out good news you're trying to do everything to make sure that it reaches your uh, key mm. audience mm. so uh, for good news i would say that we still try to do that but yeah of course you're right i mean it doesn't make uh, sense if it's bad news i mean you've just had it then correct correct and uh, as a marcom uh, leader how do you manage uh, the constant communication happening on on social media you have to be on your toes i mean that has all changed so mm. um you know uh, earlier i think we used to talk about um 8 hours being a good time to reply mm. to emails or you know if you, you return a call in 2 hours we used to have these things now yeah. it's uh, now it's within minutes within seconds you especially if somebody is uh, complaining about your product or complaining about um, you know your service uh, the longer you take to reply it puts you in oh they are guilty mm. you know uh, and the quicker you reply and i think it's very important to be very um uh transparent to be very authentic when you're doing this mm. because i think uh, the more transparent authentic you are the more believable you are so there is no time limit anymore i mean even in our companies uh we say yeah 
if ideally if we could have we could we would like to keep somebody through the night mm. because in global organizations you have global issues mm. um but yeah i mean the response time now has to be less than 5 minutes uh, for you to be effective Amazing. so completely how the world has changed uh, yes totally swati let's now move on to the next <laughs> segment of our conversation which is on csr and sustainability yes um you know you are very passionate about csr Tell That's me about right. some of the work that you have been doing. So, um, from us, uh, you know, um, when I used to, I'll tell you, when I started working with Agile and Technologies, um, CSR became a part of my mandate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as an organization, you try to make sure that the societies you work in, that the people you work in, uh, you're doing whatever it is to give back to that society. Mm-hmm. So, started doing a lot of interesting projects there. um because it was a technology company we focused a lot on stem mm-hmm. uh, educating the girl child making sure that uh, women are being you know diversity was also a very important mm-hmm. thing so women are being given the education are being given the training that they need mm-hmm. uh, to make something out of their lives uh, so education children i've worked with some fantastic ngos uh, mm-hmm. you know over the last few years um in the areas of education in the areas of um uh women empowerment um also uh, making sure that when the child comes to school they're getting a full meal mm-hmm. because that becomes the biggest issue of why a child uh, wants to come to school you know you drop out otherwise so taking care of that as well to make sure that a child is fed a child is clothed mm-hmm. and educated so it has to be a 360 degree kind of approach because a lot of organizations say oh we'll take care of computers for the school or we'll take care of uh, blackboards or whatever it is or painting the school mm-hmm. but you know th- that is very narrow mm-hmm. so if you don't look at a problem in a 360 degree kind of an approach mm-hmm. where while you have computers does the child have enough to eat but does the child is is the child clothed in a well enough and is it is he comfortable in school so Uh, we've looked at a lot of that you know uh, and then as i moved from agilent to ingersoll rand uh, to general motors csr has really been a very key part of my role um, so and always in the areas of education mostly in the areas of education uh, women empowerment women training um, so that is uh, you know that kind of keeps me going i think it uh, has made a big impact on my life to see the difference that you know very ordinary people like you and me can make uh, to a large issue that a country is faced with fascinating fascinating and uh, let's talk about esg now that mm-hmm. you know last few years the indian corporate sector has really taken to esg in a big way uh, share with me some of uh, your uh, experiences on how esg is being implemented in some of the companies you have worked for Yeah you know honestly it took a very long time but i think now corporates are completely on board with esg mm-hmm. um earlier it was more optics but now they've realized that in order to be sustainable in order to have a long term business growth they have to be on board right. with esg right um while there is also this scrutiny from regulators from investors i think what really drives it is uh, consumer interest in esg mm. um you know consumers nowadays are so aware they don't want to have anything to do with a company that is not following esg norms correct um so i think there is a lot more action on that front and uh, companies have realized that to create any shareholder value you have to start 
making you know strong commitments to achieving net zero mm-hmm. um and uh, those uh, then have to be integrated in the business goals earlier it was like oh we will be net zero but how will you be net zero mm-hmm. was a question that not many people were talking about Correct. but now uh, we're talking more and more about manufacturing production what are we going to do how mm-hmm. we moving to green technologies um when we started it was more about energy efficiency but now we are moving to you know more than energy efficiency how do you become net zero so um i mean e- even in the companies that i worked for i've seen a real lot of interest on uh, how do we change the production how do we change manufacturing how do we change the products that we use uh, they're looking at supply chains of uh, suppliers are the suppliers esg uh, uh, you know ma- are they following esg mandates or not not doing business with companies that are not following esg business uh norms because that brings us down as well so i have seen a lot of interest a lot of focus on esg and that's great actually because um, you know we really need to now get on board and do something correct. about it so correct correct and my next question you know you just mentioned that the consumer is very becoming very very aware yeah of, uh, you know whether an organization is following esg i want yeah. to get your perspective on how the millennials and the gen z's beginning to impact how companies are communicating and mm-hmm. how are they uh, becoming more sustainable and socially responsible yeah i mean there have been umpteen studies and research to say that millennials and gen z are really really focused on sustainable investing you know and many studies now call gen z the sustainability generation because they're so focused mm-hmm. on sustainability mm-hmm. um and uh, millennials they actually represent the largest population in the workforce today Correct. so um, and since they are making the investments they're completely in the driver seat mm. to uh, talk about you know who to invest in and who not to invest in so, mm. so um, that's become a large a huge leap from where we were i think even mm. 10 years ago mm. um, and um, with esg investing uh, companies that are not focused on esg are completely losing out you know mm. because they're not creating shareholder value they are not you know they're just going to actually uh, go out of business if they don't mm. do it so you know um, the millennials and the gen z uh, from i'm sure with your experience and you know with my experience with my children and their friends uh, they are really really focused on sustainability Amazing. and they've really put a lot of uh, pressure on companies who mm. still were trying to do the optics etc that they do their research they go into details so it's not like you can um, you know you can get away with just pretending to be sustainable mm. so that is the really big change that i see that has happened in the last few years with you know the whole focus on sustainability from the millennials and the gen z i mean my children won't let me buy something without them researching what they the company is doing otherwise so i can imagine you know what it must absolutely. be absolutely absolutely well said <laughs> so swati i have time for uh, one or two more questions and i want to talk to you on uh, diversity okay um, as a senior uh, woman leader in the corporate sector and you made it right to the top uh, i want to get your perspective on how much uh, is really happening in the corporate world on inclusion on inclusion on gender diversity mm-hmm. or is it still lip service i mean I've, i still sometimes get a call from someone to say can you recommend uh, a name for uh, a board 
because we have to compl- comply with laws and i said the yeah. people i know will never agree to join you because you have to comply <laughs> because you're saying that yes correct so i'd love to get your totally. perspective <laughs> totally and again you know it has been proven time and again that uh, women have better eq they make better leaders yeah. if you have women on your board and your leadership t- team your bottom lines are better you are more profitable you have better workplace practices so that discussion is over we know that yes absolutely. it is I agree. Uh, yeah it is absolutely very important to have women in your workplace right and in senior positions mm. um however in most societies the the brunt of home making or home care comes on the women as well right uh, and whether you have a career or not you may be a working woman but you still have to look after your home it's not like you can kind of give that to somebody else but it's still your core responsibility so i think uh, what a lot of good companies have now realized is that they have to handhold women mm-hmm. you know while uh, even in india that that situation is much better now i mean a lot of companies are really trying to do that uh, mm-hmm. you know effectively um, but while they're hiring there is a lot of focus on diversity people are you know mandating that you hire women mm-hmm. and while they're hiring more women i think uh, what happens is that uh, at an entry level you have a lot of women mm-hmm. but by the time the women reach uh, you know uh, middle management the whole brunt of child bearing and the whole brunt of home making mm. comes on them and that is when they need that support right. that is when uh, they need that hand holding because they can't get out of it i mean it's pointless to say i will work like a man and i will continue to do what i need to do mm. and um, a lot of companies have realized that giving women the flexibility then mm-hmm. uh, giving them hand holding them giving them a good mentor uh, finding them sponsors within the organization that works mm-hmm. um while i agree with you it's more optics right now for a lot of companies mm-hmm. but uh, the big ones the ones that really uh, mm-hmm. have done good work they've evolved beyond optics and a lot of companies that i've worked for i think um, they are really looking at how to retain women how to give them that extra support especially during those middle years you know when they're bearing children when they're looking after their children etc so and that is um, having its impact mm-hmm. that is um, uh, you know if you now invest in those women they will later on make sure that they pay you back for that investment Absolutely. by really making you more profitable making you a great place to work at so um i agree there needs to be more um real interest in women rather than optics uh, and i think we're getting there it getting takes there. a little bit of while but i think we're getting very there very well yeah. said very well said uh, swati on that note uh, thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you thank you for talking at such length on marketing communications and all some of your fantastic experiences in various organizations thank you for talking to me about csr and esg and uh, diversity and i'm so glad we are ending this on a high where you're saying that organizations are beginning to now recognize so. the need to support a lot of women in their middle years thank you again and good luck thank you ashutosh and good luck to you too thank you so much for having on this having me on this thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, 
Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.